May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable unto thee, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. I feel like somewhere deep down inside of all of us, there is a desire to be close to Jesus. That is to realize this closeness, recognizing our relationship with Christ in the present, in the right now of our lives. Cherishing and investing in the presence and activity of Christ day by day because each day is a journey with the living Christ. We often think of, of Lent as a journey with Christ toward Jerusalem. And we'll be looking at how Jesus is close to Jerusalem now. He's made it all the way to Bethany, just a few miles outside of the city. And something most difficult and most mysterious and deeply saving is about to happen. There is plenty in the spiritual life that uh, is about uh, looking to the future to the Christian, uh, we think about our union with Christ, how we're moving more and more in that direction. We're looking to the promise of eternal life and to the joys of heaven. This looking forward is good. There's plenty in the spiritual life that is about looking back to what God was up to long ago. When we worship like this, we're in the Bible. And through the scriptures, we remember the great acts of God with the people of God in ancient times. The patriarchs, Moses, David, who was anointed as king. The great prophets, the apostles' encounters with Jesus, the encounters of the apostles with the Holy Spirit. This looking back in remembrance is a good thing. Stories of Scripture happened in the now of long ago, in the personal experience of those who were there, the people of the past. As with all human encounters, they happened in the context of the three dimensions of space. They were there physically. And they happened in what is sometimes called that fourth dimension, the dimension of time, way back then in those moments. The miracle of Scripture and of life in God is, however, that these stories can find a new now, happening anew in the here and now of your own life. What is next? What is God up to? What is right around the corner in your encounter of Christ, on your own journey with Christ? We hear this message when Isaiah speaks. Now, he is talking about something that needs to happen now, but he's looking back. If you, if you remember how that, how that scripture started, 
He's talking about the great and mighty works of God in the parting of the Red Sea and the deliverance of the people of God through the Red Sea. But was that the present story for Isaiah? No, he was hundreds of years later. He's looking back to those great acts of God. And he's looking forward to that time when they will come into the gates of Jerusalem and they will reestablish their own faith in God in the temple of Jerusalem. But what is he saying? He's saying, what about right now? He says it like this. Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. God says, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Isaiah wants to say that that great thing that we expect in the future is springing forth now in our experience. The apostle has a similar situation. Paul the apostle to the Gentiles looks back and he anticipates the future but is living and walking in the way that Christ is involved now. He presses on toward the goal and knowing Christ is the pressing. It's the present endeavor Here's how he puts it. Whatever gains I had, I regard them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in them. A righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him. I press on to make it my own. I press on. So Paul is looking back to his resume that he would have presented gladly in the years previous. His credentials as a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, as to the law of Pharisee, to the things that speak well of him that could get him that job in the temple and make him a person of influence in the great religion of his day in Jerusalem. He would have pointed to that, but now he's saying, I consider them as just like nasty offscouring down the drain, compared with the relationship I now have in Christ and the resurrection life that Christ brings me now and which will be fulfilled ultimately in the future. I press on with this. And so I want us all to consider the present moment as a time when God is acting in our lives. Yes, look to the mighty deeds of old. Yes, anticipate the progress that you might make. You will make it. But what's happening today? What's happening this week? Where is God in your life right now? When Jesus is moving toward Jerusalem, he's moving toward something he not only intuitively, but in terms of revelation, is discovering that God has asked him to do. When he challenged John and James, he said, are you willing to drink, that I, the, to drink from the cup that I must drink? 
Are you willing to be baptized with the baptism with which I must be baptized? And he's anticipating that the suffering will come. He will later in the garden ask that certain that same question, what about this cup? Can I go around it? But what you will, God, I will drink of the cup. So he knows something is coming in. Where does he go right before he goes into Jerusalem? Well, they're there for the Passover, so it's crowded in Jerusalem. Most people can't get within 10 miles of Jerusalem. They have to stay wherever they can in order to participate in the festival. And for that, for Jesus, that place is in Bethany where his close family, he is friends with Lazarus and Martha and Mary. They live in Bethany. Interestingly, that uh, modern term for that city is now the place of Lazarus in Arabic. The place of Lazarus. So he knows Lazarus. These are the closest people in his life alongside his disciples. And he goes there. And they have a dinner for him. He goes to encounter his close family, his friends, right before taking of the cup that he must drink, which is the passion which we recall in Holy Week, which we will musically recall today in the music that is coming, which we always recall when we give the bread and give the cup and Christ gives them back to us as himself crucified and raised. We recall this now and he is with his friends and I want you to think of these three people that are there as people that instruct us in the ways of God. I want you to think of these three as people that live inside of you. They, they are you. Martha, it says, served at the dinner. Martha served. The dinner is cooking. It is Martha's work. The dinner comes to the table. It is Martha's offering. She gives it her whole heart. She serves it with her whole self in it. Serving Christ by serving the other. Are you familiar with that? Yes. This is a church that whatever the time of year is looking to serve others. We're currently in a campaign which brings our offerings to the ministry of Lord of the Streets. Uh, an amazing ministry where these people might have it pretty rough 24-7. But on Sunday mornings they do have a home. They have a home of a worshiping community in Midtown there, and they make Eucharist together. They hear the word. They share scrambled eggs and bacon, and they are a family. Last week, 20 of our people served the meal and prayed alongside them and took communion with them. 
and the director of the day said, you know, you need 14. You've brought 20 people here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. The St. Francis people come through. And we come through with our Lenten challenge so that this operation that helps not only with Sunday morning, but help through the week and training and support. It's amazing. Are you acquainted with the servant, Martha? It is you. Now, I'm going to say incidentally that we're going through these three because, because the idea of the Christian life and the idea of parish life is balance. Uh, you know, people sometimes ask, what is the best church? Is it a big church? Is it a little church? We would say it's a healthy church. A healthy church is the best church. What is the best church? An urban church? A suburban church? A country church? It is a healthy church. And how do you get health? The same way your body gets health. With balance. You have all these systems that are for your survival. Digestive and nervous and pulmonary and, and cardiac. You've got all these systems. Is it okay to just have three good ones working and the rest are down the drain? No, you need balance. And so it is, Martha makes one of the legs of this balance real. And when you serve other people, there you are. It says, Lazarus was at table with Jesus and the others. He is partaking of the meal with them. He is breaking bread with Jesus. He's right next to him. They're probably reclining at this table with the others. And so... They are knowing the fellowship of each other's presence and company. Are you familiar with this ministry? When you come together like this for communion, you are part of a body. You love each other. You think of each other. You care for each other. Somebody's been ailing and and somebody else in the church came and said, Do you think she might need some food? And I said, Wow. Yes, of course. Maybe we should call her. Can you call her and see if she would like some food? You care for each other because you belong to each other. When you belong to Christ, when you take his body and blood here, uh, you are having fellowship with the Lord, and you're having fellowship with each other. Christ the head, we are the members of the body. It says that Mary anointed Jesus' feet. It's the sign of extravagant giving, of humble giving. You know, a little dab will do you, but she brought a pound. She saturates his feet with this perfume. She wipes his feet with her hair. She is beside herself with love and adoration. She's making an offering of what she has to her master. And so with each other, are we acquainted with this kind of ministry where we make an oblation of our own heart to the Lord, where we give of ourselves in absolute humility 
with the, mo- the greatest extravagance that we can. Sometimes people don't give themselves the chance to be beside themselves with love for the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? We should practice taking some moments of our busy weeks and just giving ourselves to the Lord. Judas tried to spoil the whole thing, saying, oh, what a waste. And Jesus redirected him and said, don't even go there. They are having almost hospice for Jesus, who is about to die. They are having uh, uh, communion with Jesus before he does what he must do. So I'm thinking for you and for me of this balance, just like our church is balanced, so we all must be balanced. When you serve others, you are Martha. When you take fellowship with each other and with the Lord, you are Lazarus. And when you give yourself completely in worship, adoration, praise, and thanksgiving, you are Mary. You don't have to wait for the Lord's presence to be a yesterday thing or a someday thing. It's happening. It's happening. Don't remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. In your life right now, God says, now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Amen.